Welcome to the Week in Review podcast. Now, I hope you had a good one. I'm just going to get into this before I forget about it, because I haven't written it down, because it just happened. Um, I finally got to meet my homie's girlfriend, Aiden, and I've got to meet his girlfriend. She was really nice, and I think I finally got one of my friend's girlfriends that likes me. I don't know. I don't want to call it too soon, but she was cool, and I'm happy to see Aiden with someone that is nice and shit you know she was funny and had a conversation with me and did like participated in our conversations didn't just sit on the sidelines so that's cool uh, she had a personality you know that's dope i mean i, I should expect that it's aiden you know of course he would pick someone good um but i'm just happy to see that anyway we were hanging out and we chilled at my place then we went to get ramen right with uh zz ramen a pretty close place we me and aiden normally go Pretty sure they've been there before, just the two of them. But um, we went there and ordered our stuff, sat down, everything was cool. It came, and then we were eating, and we'd been eating for like a minute or two. And, you know, no issue. We had all, like, grabbed our chopsticks, you know, a normal, regular restaurant experience. And then our waitress comes up and, like, is staring at Aiden's girlfriend. Her name is Victoria. I'm not just going to call her Aiden's girlfriend. That'd be kind of fucked up, I think. Um, she's just staring at her. And she she says, Do you need a fork? Are, can you use chopsticks? Do you need a fork? And me, me and Aiden both say, No, we're fine, like immediately. But she's still staring at Victoria, waiting for a response. And she, she's like, No, you know, I'm good. So she finally fucks off. And we're all just sitting there. And we're trying to figure out, you know, was that... Was that intentional? Was she trying to be a bitch or not? And we couldn't really tell. And I was pretty mad. Aiden, I think Aiden was trying to look for the positive because he normally does. But I was kind of upset. I kept, I was talking a lot of shit. And um, one of them said like, yeah, I just couldn't tell if she was um, being mean or nice or really trying to help. And I was like, yeah, it's really hard to tell with those painted on eyebrows. Because <laughs> her makeup was bad, but. Yeah, so that happened, and that just kind of pissed me off. And then after that, I think she realized she fucked up because she kept, like, she kept trying to ask, "Do we need anything? Refills, you know, or whatever." But nah, I didn't tip her. I wasn't going to. She like, you fucked up. You messed up your tip, and now you're only getting paid like two fifteen for this hour, and that's that's on you. You got to learn your lesson. I wasn't gonna do that passive aggressive shit where you write something in the tip, like. Be nicer, or mind your own business, or something like that. I wasn't going to do that much, but nah, I wrote zero, zero, zero. And then I handed it back, and I saw her face when she saw it, and I don't care. And you deserved it. Um, I hope that's how she looks at it, too, because that's how you got to look at stuff to grow. You know, you got to take responsibility for your actions in order to improve. Someone very important taught, taught me that. Anyway... Now that that's out of the way, um, yeah, Aiden's girlfriend was pretty cool. I was glad to see that she was a nice person. I just want to make sure my homie's not taken care of, but, you know, not... Because I've had friends in shitty relationships. Yeah, let's put it that way. Alright, on to the songs of the week. We got Roaches by Maxo Cream. Uh, it's a song about his childhood and how things have changed since then, uh, both for the better and the worse. He talks about how he used to have um, roaches in his ashtray and roaches in his cereal. That's kind of nasty. And then how teardrop tattoos used to be just for killers, and now they're on these SoundCloud rappers. And it's just a really down-to-earth song, uh, kind of like his humble beginnings. Uh, it makes it easier to connect with the artist for sure. And, you know, Maxo, he's coming through with punchlines and a, a nice flow. And then next we got Headshots for the Locals. Isaiah Rashad, new song. You already know what it is with Isaiah. Smooth instrumental, a smooth flow, smooth chorus. This is just really getting me hyped up for his next album. So go check that one out. My homie Trey sent this to me. I didn't even know he dropped it. So shout out to Trey for that. Um, yeah, those are the songs of the week. Uh, I know I said something about it last week, but this week I got a cat. Yep, 
I know. Uh, save your applause. Save your applause. No, he's pretty cool. Um, at first, he was really shy, you know, obviously, because I took him away from everything he knew. But I can, it's to where I can go up and pet him now. So that's nice. Uh, at first, I didn't know what to name him. I, because I wanted to wait for his personality to come out a little bit so that I didn't name him like Killer or something, and then he's super shy. Extreme example, but whatever. Um, but I, I was thinking about because <clears throat> he's a he's kind of like a blonde cream colored. I think they said like a light orange tabby is what they called him, but he looks like that. And so I, I was thinking about Naruto because that's the same color kind of, and he likes to chase his shadow. And Naruto had used shadow clone jutsu. This is all really weebish and nerdy, but. So I was thinking like Maki for Uzumaki or Naru for Naruto, but I didn't like either of those, to be honest. Um, yeah, and so I decided, um, I got the cat from Poppy. Uh, his name's David, so I, was, I named the cat Dave or Davey, you know, whatever I feel like calling him. I don't really be calling him, I don't call him by his name that often. I mostly just talk to him like a person. I feel like I don't use people's names in conversations either unless I need to get their attention. More just talk straight to him like, hey, you know, what's up? How you doing? He, yesterday he got on the couch for the first time by himself and he was sitting on the arm of it and it kind of looked like he was scared to jump off and he was stuck. So I picked him up and let him off, but he jumped back up there and now every time I walk up, out there he's sitting on the couch now instead of the floor so i guess he got used to that uh i freaked i'm not gonna lie i freaked out earlier this week i was trying to get fleas off of him because he's a street cat so he had a lot of fleas and i wanted to i thought i would take him into my bathroom because the light's brighter and it's a smaller space so if he like got out of my arms he wouldn't be able to go that far so i took him in there and shut the door and of course, like I said, he was squirming and started to scratch me. So he jumped out of my hands and he went up to my bathroom sink cabinet, which it was, the doors were closed. So I wasn't thinking anything of it. And then he went under it and poked his head up and then his front legs disappeared. And so I tried grabbing his back legs and I was just too late. Because it turns out there is a space in between my floor and the bottom of my sink cabinet that I didn't know about. And at first, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't I wasn't freaking out or anything. I just started to walk away thinking, yeah, he'll come out whenever he comes out. Because he, he was acting like that the whole day. This was the first day. I'm sorry if I didn't say that to start with. This was like the first day that I had him back. And he got under there. So I started walking away thinking he'd come out. And then for just a second, I thought, what if that goes under the house? And so I ran, jumped over my bed, pulled out my drawer, got my hammer, my small dinky ass hammer that my dad gave me, ran back into the bathroom and smashed the board and pulled it up and got him out. He had wood chips all over him, but nothing fell on him. He was just sitting in the corner. And so I dusted him off and took him back in the living room and then relaxed. <laughs> I gave my heart a rest for a second. But see, the fucked up thing there is I live in an apartment on the second floor. So there's no fucking way that shit led under the house, air quotes. But because I'm a home inspector, that was my first frame of reference. Just in emergency, when my mind was in emergency mode, I guess. So that whole thing was stupid. And now I'm going to have to put something there. But the important part is he's okay. And now he's a lot... Um, He's a lot more social. He's not super social when it comes to strangers still. Like Aiden and Victoria came over and he was still kind of bugging. But they got to pet him a little bit. Um, also, man, making him take his flea pill really sucked. Having, having to like put it in his mouth and hold it in it. Uh, man, that's... And then I thought I had did it. And I thought he had swallowed it and I walked away to wash my hands. And then I looked over the bar and saw it on the ground. So I had to go through all that shit again. I felt so horrible, man. 
just because he's small and I don't want to force myself like you know I don't want to force him to do anything but it's for the best yeah it's for the best that's how I to think of it I took him to the vet yesterday which I, I was kind of nervous about which is totally wrong why the fuck should I be nervous about going to the vet uh, he was freaking out too. He kept sticking his claws in the carrier and getting them stuck. Eventually he calmed down and just laid there. Uh, as soon as I walked in, this dude walked in behind me and, uh, asked me how my day was going. So I was, you know, I'll always make conversation if someone starts making conversation with me. And so I said good. And then we started talking and I didn't really know how to, how the vet works. So he told me and or not how the vet works. I mean, there was no one at the counter, so I didn't know where to go. And he said, just wait. But we were talking for a minute. And then um, before I went in for my, or before my cat, before Dave went in for his appointment, uh, he started talking to me about his dog, a German Shepherd puppy named Luke Cage. <laughs> That's an awesome name for a puppy. But he was adorable. He said he was a full-blooded German Shepherd and got him for 300 bucks, which he was acting like that was a good price. So I, I acted like it was too, but I don't really know how much dogs cost. So that could be a sh fucking horrible price for all I know. But he was happy, so I was reciprocating. And I don't know. You, it was really cool to meet a guy like that. He kind of put my nerves at ease. He was really nice just off of the go. I don't know if it was because of the environment and just the whole pet thing, but he seemed really eager to talk, so I was making conversation back and yeah made the whole process a little easier but once we got in there the the vet was really nice and she was telling me a lot of stuff um i'm gonna be honest she was telling me like mostly stuff that i already knew because of my mom having worked at a uh, pet smart so she knew a little bit but i was still listening and then she gave me the pamphlet and everything they had to clean his ears because apparently he had ear mites and then they put this stuff on his neck that's supposed to kill fleas somehow and all the ear mites and every other thing that's on him in him. I don't know how it works. They just squirted it on him and it's supposed to kill it, everything from the back of his neck. That's science, I suppose. But they were all really nice and gentle with him, which was good. Uh, yeah, that was that. The vet was no big deal. I got to go back in four weeks because he got a shot, uh, for, I don't remember what it was for this time, but we have to get a booster and then some other shots. And I think we're going to go ahead and neuter him this next time. I'm not sure. I don't really remember, to be honest. It was, that was on Thursday and I've done shit since then. Um, but yeah, this week I got to work more than two days. So that was cool. And I've been working with the big boss, Brian, uh, the head honcho over everybody. And it's been kind of nice because he knows, or at least it feels like he knows more than uh, Garen and William, who I've been working with. He's really smart. He points shit out like as soon as we pull up the houses, and that's cool. Sometimes he over-explains stuff, but it's with good intention, so you know you can't fault him for it. And he he was even upfront about that. He says sometimes when I'm say when I'm explaining stuff, I like to sound smart, so I just keep going. And I said, "Yeah, man, I know exactly what you mean." And I told him about the podcast and said, "Yeah, sometimes I'll just start ranting about something that I wasn't even trying to talk about." But it's been nice. I was I don't want to say I was nervous, but I didn't know how it would go. I thought he would be a little bit more on or I don't know. I don't know what I expected, but he's cool. We've been cutting it up, having fun, laughing. Man, I had to go in an attic today, and I swear it was like 100, 105 up there. I went up there dry, and I came down drenched in sweat. We were supposed, to, or we were both going to go up there, but we got the ladder down, and I went up it, and he put one foot on it, and he was like, yeah, I'm not going up there. <laughs> so I went up there, and I was up there for five, six minutes, because I had to take pictures of the furnaces and stuff and put all the information in. I'm glad my, my phone didn't overheat and stop working, because... That's happened to Garen a few times, but it didn't happen to me. I guess Garen's just too slow. He's an old man. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how my week's been. It was. I'm glad I got to get more days in. And it's always cool when I only have one job in a day, because then 
as long as I'm not with William, we finish about 10, 10 30, 11, and then I get the rest of the day off. Uh, but with William, I, I always have a good time, so I can't, you know, nothing on William. He just likes to be thorough. <laughs> um, yesterday, I went to two Game Stops and a Movie Trading Co. with Trey, and there were no Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And then today, I went to Target, and there were no Yu-Gi-Oh cards either. You know what there was plenty of, though? Magic the Gathering. There's always, always Magic the Gathering cards. And then at Movie Trading Co., you know what there's plenty of? Jimmy Swaggart and Ann Murray albums. There are plenty of those, though. If So uh, get up, the, up there if you want those. Um, but then we came back, and Trey dueled me with my Arm Protector Dragon deck and beat me. The duel was really long, I'm not going to lie. It went back and forth. Rahelio was watching, but I don't know how much he knows about Yu-Gi-Oh! But we are doing a lot of shit. It was a good duel. And I can't really be upset, because he beat me with my deck. So, it's like, either way, I kind of won. It just means I built a badass deck. Especially because of how long it went. That means the decks are pretty are both pretty good, right? That's what I would assume. The last thing that happened... That I can remember. He had a few strong monsters up, right? And I had one monster in my graveyard that I could... I get some of you don't get Yu-Gi-Oh! But just bear with me for a second. I had one monster in my graveyard that I could take away to bring out a monster, right? But none of my monsters were going to be strong enough to destroy his. So I brought out one that couldn't be destroyed. Because I had a monster up that could control who my enemy attacked. So, if I put the monster that couldn't be destroyed in defense position, I could make all of his monsters attack that over and over because he couldn't be destroyed, and then I wouldn't take any damage. So I summoned that, and then set it down, and ended my turn, and I was like, yes, I, I've got it, I'm safe for a few turns, right? And then he, he draws, and he says, I'm sorry, and he flips his face down card up, and it's Green Turtle Summoner, flip effect, destroy one monster your opponent controls. And so he destroyed the um, he destroyed the patrician, I think. Yeah, he de he destroyed the patrician, and then he used um, he used battle controller to turn my the defense monster into face up attack, so he could damage me, even though he couldn't destroy it, and I lost. But that was after like twenty minutes of just us going back and forth, blow for blow. I mean, at one point I had like nine. 9,000 plus LP, which we start with 8,000, so that's cool. I'm sorry for everybody who doesn't care about dueling. Uh, I'm done talking about it now. I decided, or I've been thinking about it, and I think I want to keep a carton of eggs in my car for when people slow down in front of me, because people who brake check are assholes, and I can't just hit their car, but if I had eggs, I feel like that's enough to piss them off but also not enough to where I could get into any kind of trouble for it. Maybe I could be wrong, or maybe I'd get caught in, a wrong, in the wrong spot and they'd get out of their car and beat the fuck out of me or shoot me or something, but I don't know. If you guys have suggestions, please don't don't be shy. I, unless it's get over it, because <laughs> I already know, you know. Um. Oh, what else, what else, what else? Oh, um, I took the Enneagram test this week. I'm still an eight, which is like the challenger. Uh, let me look that up real quick. Uh, personality type eight, the challenger. I'm just going to read. Eights are defined by their desire to be powerful and to avoid any vulnerability. Yes. They present a confident, assertive, and decisive image to others. Yes. Eights can be argumentative and intimidating. Semicolon. It is important to them to stand up for what they believe in and protect those who are weaker than themselves. Yes. Deepest fear. Eights are... Eights fear being vulnerable and powerless more than anything and cope with this fear by always being strong and in control. That's true. I try, I've tried to move away from... I try to support people 
instead of having to be in control, I try to like build people up that are in control, if that makes sense. Um, core motivations. Eights are motivated by their desire to be independent and in control. Yes, yeah, so it's a big thing for me not to have to rely on anyone because I did too much at one point, you know. Um, they resist appearing or feeling weak and reject any authority that restricts them. That's very true. Even at, at all my jobs, I was very, you know, I'm not going to put up with the bullshit. And my managers knew that. I tried to quit twice at Buffalo. Uh, I'll talk about Buffalo later. I was thinking about that this week. Um, key personality traits of the eight. Independent and self-sufficient. Fierce and confident look. Determination and stamina. Very energetic and busy. Fiery passions and power. Stubborn and headstrong. Oh, yeah. Serious about control over environment. Sounds about right. Um, I'm not going to read this whole thing because I think that would be boring for you guys. But um, this is all on truity.com if you're interested in this kind of thing. For me, it's really just helped me. I did this all back in theater when we were getting into roles. And so she wanted us to learn our type and then think about our character's type. And that... It was really good for me to see what I'm like, kind of have it put in front of me and then be able to agree with that and then know where to go from there. Um, being really in independent is good, but it's also be good to be able to branch out to others. Um, it says in here that um, friendships are seen as work sometimes for eights. Sorry, I need water. Friendship can be seen as work sometimes for eights, um, which I definitely get because if I don't, if I don't try to stay at it, I'll just, it's easy for me to fall off the map. <coughs> and I've done that a few times. So that was one thing. And then just the stubbornness and anger and all that I, that's all stuff i work on so if you want to know a little bit more about yourself then taking the personality test is a pretty easy way to um, get a good start at least and it's about 70 percent accurate so if you feel that doesn't match you um, there are only nine types so you can read through them briefly and kind of get a good idea and then if you want to go even deeper there's an album by sleeping at last sleeping at yeah sleeping at last uh, is it atlas no what's the album with the oh atlas enneagram yeah and then it has a song for each enneagram type i, I listen to mine i'm pretty sure it made me emotional. I don't remember. I, I remember people saying that it does that to you, so it makes sense. But yeah, that's on truity.com. T-R-U-I-T-Y dot C-O-M if you want to take that Enneagram test. Um, and then I took like the Myers-Briggs and I got E-N-T-J, the commander, strategic leaders motivated to organize change. Quick to see inefficiency and conceptualize new solutions and enjoy developing developing long-range plans to accomplish their vision. That's true. At the garden, I would always tell people how to do their jobs better. Um, ENTP, the inventor. ENTPs are inspired innovators motivated to find new solutions to intellectually challenging problems. They are curious and clever and seek to comprehend the people, systems, and principles that surround them. Yeah. Sometimes, whenever I'm not lazy. That, that one's really up to how I'm feeling. And then I did another one, but I don't remember what it means right now, and I'm not about to look up more stuff. I've already done that enough for this podcast. Let's talk about Buffalo. B-dubs. Where I used to work, and I used to fucking hate. Um, this week, I, I remembered the bartender from Buffalo, which I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to... You know, I've, I haven't talked to him in forever, and I don't know how he's doing, but he was one hell of a fucking character. He's, to, to paint a picture for you, he was a, like a six foot, six foot one, light-skinned black dude who was built, because he worked out a lot. We got a free gym membership from our job. That was pretty nice. That was one of the 
only perks. And he had a a ponytail. Uh, and he used to talk weird. Not not normally. Like, he would stand and have a conversation with you. But sometimes you'd just be in the kitchen and you'd hear, What? Or, That ain't how you do it. When you're trying to mop or sweep or some shit. And you already know who it is. Um, that's just, Sherman was a funny guy like that. It was one of a kind too. Like no one else does shit like that. I remember my friend that worked there said one time he was at the bar talking to these girls and one of the girls asked to touch his ponytail and he just went, bitch. (laughs) And then one time, um, he caught me and my friend at the gym and we walked into the locker room and we saw him before he saw us. He was turned around. And so we tried to put our stuff in and get out before he saw us. But it was too late. He turned around. And he just had a towel on. I'm pretty sure he went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all here to mess around. Y'all, <laughs> Y'all got out of school early. You know, just giving us shit. And then um, he walked out as we were doing pull-ups. And my friend was at the bar. And every, he, my friend was short. Um, so every time he did a pull up, uh, the bartender went, ba-ding, 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 called him Mario. And then one time we asked him how much he lifts. Uh, this was at work. We were like, how much you lift, man? He was like, whatever's on that motherfucker. (laughs) Man, he's just this cool ass guy. Um, I remember he made fun of the way I walked one time because the floor was wet. And I, I used to wear old marching shoes instead of work shoes. And, and I'm not going to cap. They had holes all in the bottom. So I would have to, like, walk around the water so I wouldn't and so I wouldn't slip and bust my ass because they weren't non-slip. Eventually, I got work shoes. So, so, yeah, but he used to say I was tiptoeing. Wait, tiptoeing. Stop tiptoeing. You know, stuff like that. And it became a big inside joke. Like, every time he saw me, he'd be like, tiptoeing. Even if... um. Even if we were like far away, he'd mouth it. And then I'm, I think it's a Rick Ross song, man. I'm just now remembering this. I don't have this. Is it a, is it a, a fucking Rick Ross song? Rick Ross. I don't know. I'm going to have to find it, man. But he, he played it in the, in the bar because we had a karaoke machine, right? And I, he- I heard the chorus came on and it's tiptoeing in my. <laughs> Um, but somehow, oh, tiptoe, Rick Ross, tiptoeing, yeah, tiptoeing, Rick Ross. <laughs> I forgot about that until just now, but he went that far. He played that shit on the fucking um, karaoke machine. But that's not all that happened with the karaoke machine to me. I used to have long hair. I used to have longer hair, and I would have bangs and shit. And people would call me Justin Bieber. That are people that I worked with the bar or the servers and shit. And they would play like baby, 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 uh, on the machine and point at me. Man, Christian would do that shit all the time. He's a hoe, but I miss him. I'm not gonna lie. Whenever he quit, I was pretty sad. Oh, but yeah, back to Sherman. Somehow it also became like a sneeze joke. Like we would pretend to sneeze and go, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he. I'm not gonna lie, the cause he he was he treated me like that, like since the beginning, since I started working there. So it made me feel more comfortable. Whenever COVID hit, he stopped working there and stuff, and that really sucked. I I remember one time. I do I start every story with I remember. I'm sorry. Whenever you're recording yourself talking, everything you do is much more evident. Oh, what's another way to start a story? One time, uh, we were driving through one of our friend's apartment complexes, and we saw him just sitting on a porch, and that was where he lived, I guess. And so he said, hey, you know, what's up? There's, we, we, would, we would always walk around and mock his voice, and I got pretty good at it. Like, this is pretty close to the real thing. People would think that I was him all the time, be like, what? That ain't how you do it. Or, um... What was some other funny shit he said, man? Oh, one time we were we were making fun of not making fun of him. We were kind of teasing him 
uh, in the kitchen, and he walked up. So we all got kind of got quiet. We were snickering. He's like, "What's so fucking funny? I want to laugh." Or like when we were really busy, and he would come back and mess with me because I'd be on Expo and shit gets stressful sometimes. I'd be like, "Shut up, Sherman, go away." He'd be like, "I can talk. I can talk." But. I mean, when we were really busy, he would come back and help. He'd be like, hey, man, can I get this? He'd be, he'd be really nice about it. And that's how you could tell the experienced people and the people who really were serious about their job from the shitty servers and all the all them people. Because they would come back there, and if we were busy, they would offer help or they would you know, be quick about what they needed. They wouldn't go back there and bullshit. would be like, hey, man, you got this. Can you ask for this? Can I get a ranch? You know, you're, let me pump some ranches or something. He was a nice dude, all in all, and I really liked him. And he would give me tips on working out sometimes. He would be like, "Hey man, what you do? What you do at the gym?" And um, so I, uh, I did flies yesterday. He'd be like, "Oh man, when when you do flies, um, focus on your elbows, bringing the, those in instead of your, like your making your wrist connect." And so I was like, "Okay," and so I did, and you know, small stuff like that. But he was a cool guy. Uh, I never could really complain about him. He always made me laugh. And if I was having a shitty shift and Sherman walked in, uh, the shift... Oh, damn. I just said his name. That's tough. I'm not editing it out either. Whenever I'd have a shitty shift and Sherman would walk in, um, I knew that the shift was going to get better. Even if he was in a weird mood, like... I don't know. We liked each other. Oh, we didn't like each other. We vibed with each other. Um, he was a cool guy. Yeah, that's all I can say, really. He was one of a kind, and I'll never forget him. I mean, even after all this time, I haven't talked to anyone that's worked at Buffalo in a long-ass time. And I was in the shower the other day listening to music, and I don't know why, but I just thought, what? That was his big ass. That was his big thing. What? Someone would say something to him and be like, what? Oh, oh one time, one time. One of the girls came from the register, and she was like, Sherman, somebody's on the phone with you. And he, and he was like, who the fuck is somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Just shit like that. Like, you wouldn't expect that ever. And that shit had me laughing forever. Or, or um, one time, my friend had bad breath, and you're like, what? You eat some poot loops? Shit like that. Um, but anyway... The reason, oh, I'm recording this on a Friday. I haven't said that yet, I guess, but the reason is because today is actually the third year anniversary of X's death. I don't know if that's the way to put that. Anniversary this is the third year since he's been gone, and oh shit. <laughs> um, X. XXX Tentacion or uh, Jose Onfroy was just a really, he was really influential in my life. Um, even though I never met him and even though he didn't know me at all, you know, I I really felt like I connected with him through his music. And I remember the when I he first blew up with "Look at Me," I didn't really even I didn't even like it at first because it was just you know. And I wasn't fucking with that, because that was new at the time, or to me at least. But then one day at my office, I, I don't know, he just popped up in my head, because my friend Skyler, my homie, he was really into him at the time, so I thought, you know, I'll give him a chance. And I watched his No Jumper interview, and I listened to, I think it's Guts and Snow, uh, his slower shit. And I really started to like him because of his his personality, not not like his hype-ass music. I mean, after that, I went back and started listening to his hype music. And that shit is a fucking... They're all bangers, man. All of his old shit, I still listen to sometimes. Uh, but yeah, that's how I got onto X. And I remember... I remember when his shit came... I remember when um, Seventeen came out. I feel like it was June... Or no, that shit was in August, because it was, it was like August 18th. It was like three or four days before I came out. It's August, August 25th. It was one day after my birthday. But yeah, I listened to it all the way through, and 
it was so good and i was i was in my sad shit at the time so yeah i really connected with him and it felt like he really cared about his fans and shit and that was the important part and that's why he has such a big and strong following that's why everyone mailed it to him i mean there's it's not a song, but I have it in my music on Apple. It's called A Helping Hand. It's literally just him talking to his fans, like all his socials and stuff and saying, well, I might, if I can figure out how, I'm going to put a clip from it at the end of this, but he's talking about if you put your energy into something, um, eventually you'll get it and uh, everything else doesn't really matter. All the, all the bullshit and all that, you know? But he, he was a really influential person for me, and I still have his, you know, his thing was BVF, Bad Vibes Forever. I still have a painted Bad Vibes Forever thing above my bed. I remember, I remember the day he died, I, I was at work, or I, it wasn't a real job, I was working for my mom's boss, just doing landscaping stuff for him, for him. and I... I saw someone tweet something about X being in the hospital. And then I remember I had Sadiq's notifications on for his tweets. And he says something about it. And I saw that he had been shot. And so I was just tweeting, you know, like, pray for X, rip X. Or not rip X. Like, I hope he gets better type stuff. And then, like, 20 minutes later, he was dead. And saw the rest in peace tweets. And it really sucked. I mean, I was getting emotional, and my boss was, I mean, I, I was just like, can I go step outside? And he was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He didn't know what was going on, and I wasn't about to tell him. But I sat on the on his porch waiting for my dad to pick me up, and as soon as my dad pulled up, I got in the car, and he was like, what's up? And I just started crying. <laughs> I started crying so much because I had put my headphones in, and I was listening to Seventeen, and... Every song was just like another wave of sadness, just realizing that he was gone and that that voice that I had connected with and that I was never going to hear a new X song. Like he was just not existing anymore. He wasn't in the world and it didn't feel real. It didn't feel real for a long time. I remember... Skylar and I were talking about it a while later and we were both agreed yeah it didn't feel real you know he was here one second he was gone the next and the only the only way we knew was because of the news I don't know that doesn't make a whole lot of sense I guess it's because we were watching from the outside so it, it, it all wasn't real for us Either way, I, I was broken up. I mean, my I'm not I'm not even gonna lie. My grandmother died a, a few weeks before, and I didn't cry, but I was crying like a lot for when X died. And it's because I just had that emotional connection. I don't know. The shittiest part about it, whenever an artist dies, any artist is. The potential. Just the potential that goes out the window. X had came such a long way. I mean, from the look at me to the... the <laughs> that type shit. To where he was making... I don't even speak Spanish, lol. Which was a whole ass Latin vibe. And he had all these Spanish speaking artists on it. And he was doing collabs with... Joey, wait, no, Infinity was on question marks. Yeah, yeah, that can't, yeah, yeah, he was doing collabs with Joey Badass, that was out. He was just doing everything, like, his creativity was off the charts for, like, a, a quote-unquote SoundCloud artist. And I feel like he would have just went so many more places than he got to go, and that sucks. And it's pretty sad. And that's the thing I mourn the most, I think, is they didn't get to, I mean, what's sadder than a life not fully lived, you know, potential not realized? 
I mean, yes, he was there and he was on the way, but... I mean, I'm sure even he knew that there was more coming. And I'm not even talking about X as a person. I mean, as a person, he had all those charges against him and shit, and then it came out that they were lies and fake. And I never doubted him. I mean, I heard him in interviews, and there was one situation where he beat up a gay dude in prison, but if you listen to him talk about it, the dude was being in his face, and he earned it. You know, it's prison. You don't fuck with people. You stay the fuck away. If you get in someone's space, you're going to get fucked up, you know? The fact that he's gay doesn't have shit to do with it. If it was a straight dude coming at him the same way, he still would have fucked him up. And then all that shit with his girlfriend came out. She said that she had faked all of that shit. And, you know, even amongst all the controversy and shit, he was still giving and being a nice guy. And every fan that ever met him said all they talked about was how genuine he was and how nice he was. And, yeah, he was just an inspiration to me. I don't want to go on forever because, um, you know, as much as I care about it, that's not going to make you guys care about it more. But I could talk forever about X. I think I'm going to watch his No Jumper interview later again. I was going to do it earlier, but I just got busy. Um, so, yeah, rest in peace, X. Rest in peace, Jose. Um, I'll be forever grateful for the music that he made and that uh, the messages he spread of positivity and shit. And he has to, he touched me as a person for sure. And has definitely had an impact on who I am today and the way I think about shit. So that's a horrible loss, but that's part of the world, I guess. So yeah, on to the albums for this week. I listened to Mad Villainy 2, the Mad Lib remix. I'm not going to, like, I didn't write a track by track or anything. Uh, if I'm going to talk about it real quick, it's just, it's basically taking the tracks off Mad Villain and making Mad Lib the star of it. So showing off his uh, production. I mean, even in the even in the intro, just the way the samples are weaved into the track is so seamless i mean he he knows what he's fucking doing and it's sad that most of these songs have under a million plays i mean the only one boulder holder because that's an that's an original song um three two one four that's not an original one um but yeah most of these songs are just um the original mad villain songs with the samples flipped and the samples are changing the whole time, and they're the star of the show more than Doom is. Um, so it's cool to hear all that shit from a different perspective, and to give Mad Lib his chance to shine, which... Man, I, sh I didn't expect there to be original shit, but there was one track with a Quaz... With Mad Lib and a Quaz verse 2 that was pretty good. I don't remember what it was at this point, but... Yeah. Everything on it was solid, so if you just want something to chew on... Something you don't really have to listen through to, or have to listen to, because all the lyrics are the same. It's just the instrumentals, and you know, changing up shit in that, which he does. He he changes it up a bit, and so I don't think I liked any of them more than the original, because at the end of the day, MF Doom is what I'm there for. But I liked all, all of them, and um, look forward to hearing them pop up again in my playlist. Just a new take on something old, but yeah. Um, drink of water. And then Bill Burr told, or I was listening to his podcast, the Monday morning podcast, and he was talking about an album that he was listening to, that he listened to a lot as a kid, Ritual Dello Habitual by Jane's Addiction. And he was comparing it to, <coughs> my throat is so dry, man. I don't know. And he was comparing them to Nirvana and saying that they were better. And so, of course, I had to listen to this. But after that, he talked about how he would put on the B-side when he was a kid. Or not a kid, because this came out in the 90s, so he couldn't have been a kid. But he would put on the B-side and 
kind of meditate to it every night. And at the end of the album on Classic Girl, at the end of the track, it's uh, there are just these two voices that say, good night, good night. And then he said after that he would fall right asleep every time. Which I think is weird as hell because the name of the album is Ritual Delo Habitual. But he said to block out an hour and turn the lights off, light a candle, and listen through it. So I did. And I haven't done something like that since... Probably since Igor. Because as much as I do like getting to experience it as the artist intended without looking at the song names, without any other shit to distract me... It does, there are cut drawbacks because I don't know which song is which. I don't know where they cut off or bleed into each other. And, well, I couldn't sit here and write about it, so I don't have anything written down for this. I'm just going to talk about what I remember. The first thing I remember hearing, or I remember thinking is, these guys sound like a 90s rush. Um... In the sense that the drums were really busy and good the whole time. Um, some Tom-based fills and the the singer's voice was high-pitched like Rush's. I don't know the singer's name. I'm sorry. I only know um, Neil Peart. Neil Peart. I don't know how to pronounce it. Rest in peace, by the way. But the, the drums and the voice were very reminiscent. The only difference was the guitar was a lot more aggressive and 90s distorted-ish. Uh, just from the get-go. Now, throughout the album, there were um, some nice changes in sounds, which I didn't expect. And a lot of unexpected like production choices. Um, like, stop starting with just, um, I guess, an initial... An introduction from a lady speaking Spanish um, talking about the album. I don't speak Spanish that well at all, really. I just know words, so I pick up bits and pieces. But I wasn't, I didn't get any of it, so I don't know what she was saying. And then the album starts, and I need to listen through it again because there was one song with a really, really nice bass riff that I wanted to send to Aiden, but I couldn't find it uh, when I tried just listening back through it real quick to find it. Um, been Caught Stealing, I'm looking at it right now, is the most played song on the album. When I heard that, I was like, damn, I want to put this on at a party type shit. I feel like everybody would get up and dance to this. Um, even if they didn't listen to rock music, I-, I feel like that's a good party song. So go listen to that one, uh, Been Caught Stealing. The whole album is good. I like the whole album. Ritual de la de lo Habitual. Um yeah, the 90s Rush-esque, but it changed the the deeper I got into the album, the the more relaxed the music got, which is kind of cool, I think. And then, yeah, when I heard the Good Night stuff that Bill Burr was talking about, it kind of threw me off. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Definitely worth listening to, and I'm glad I did. I can... I would never compare them to nirvana though because it's just a different genre of music like it's a different emotion they're trying to express nirvana was a lot more about the whole grunge thing and expressing the darkness and emotions and all that shit um this felt more like instrumental based they were yeah they were trying to show off that they could play their shit and also that they didn't really care about um like sticking to song structure, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is something cool to listen to for a taste of 90s rock that's a little different than anything else I've heard personally. So if you haven't heard Jane's Addiction, uh, Ritual de lo Habitual. There you go. And then I listened to Slime Ear by uh, Young Nudie. Uh, Master produced by Pierre, Pierre Bourne. Hey, yo, Pierre, you want to come out here? <clears throat> Which I wasn't even going to listen to that, but because I was just going to do Sunflower Seeds as the song of the week. But then I listened to the rest of the album, and it was really good. It was solid all the way through, which I was happy about. 
the one song I can't go back and listen to, Shada, was just immediately ruined for me as soon as Meg the Stallion came on. Because she was talking about how wet she was and sucking some dude's dick and stroking her man's dick. And nah, I'm not with it. Which sucked because the instrumental went really fucking hard. I mean, let me just say right now, all the instrumentals went hard. I, I, I'm looking at the notes I wrote. And I say like, nice instrumental, good instrumental on every one. <clears throat> uh, Pierre did a good job. But yeah, Meg just ruined the shit. And uh, Nudie had a good verse on that too, so... I mean, if you're into bitches talking about their pussies, then you might listen to that song. But if you're like me, you might want to skip over that one. Um, but Nudie is one of my favorite artists when it comes to um, doing his own thing. You know, when I think about that, I think about um, like Isaiah Rashad, Schoolboy Q, people with original sounds. Um, Nudie's sound is instantly recognizable just because of his flow. Um, I can listen to him talk about anything. I mean... Like, money-making Mitch, butt-naked bitches. He makes everything sound, uh, I don't know, cool as fuck. He just puts his confidence into it. And he can set... Man, I need another drink of water. I think that's three for anyone counting. Um, he can go with any... He can set any vibe. I mean... Sunflower Seeds, the song I was going to talk about, uh, the instrumental is really laid back and chill, which is a nice contrast because there's a, the hi-hats are really busy, but it's still easy to like halftime groove to, and uh, Nudie easily just like slips onto the song, I'm going to get money forever, all my life a bitch never could be one, and then goes in just talking about whatever and it doesn't matter and man he, he just hits it so effortlessly especially on sunflower seeds and his confidence comes off so easily and it it's obviously it's obvious that he did whatever he wanted on that track uh, and not just that track i know i noticed he did it on a lot of the tracks uh in the ad libs and um on this one in one of the verses he was he, he just started yeah you know yeah we know, yeah, she know, uh, they know, yeah, you broke, yeah, she know, uh, you broke. Just making making fun of whoever, you know, having fun with it. <clears throat> and his ad-libs are funny sometimes. And, um, like, he has 21 on Mr. And 21 has a funny-ass uh, bar. Let me look at it. Let me look for it. I already got the genius page pulled up. Uh, Mr. Stick Talk. Mr. White Chalk, I don't need no cosign because the six vouch. Your wifey at the slaughterhouse, we whipping dicks out. She sucked me, then she sucked my brother. She got a big mouth. <laughs> Just funny shit like that. Oh, and I learned apparently 21 Savage and Young Nudie are cousins. That's cool as hell. I didn't know that. I wonder if Nudie's from Britain too. That'd be funny as fuck. Because Nudie's like the most street dude I know. And not to say 21 isn't, but... I mean, Nudie has uh, posted lives and Instagram videos talking about how he hates snitching and how he hates 6 9 so that'd be funny as hell if he was from Britain. You know, no disrespect or anything, but that'd just be a fun fact type shit. Um, but yeah, he can set that kind of vibe. and Or um, Swisher Backwoods, uh, more, which is a more straightforward Nudie song. No bullshit, just flow. No extra shit, really. Um, black hippie white hipster was just one long ass verse he just kept going uh, which I like that too I mean anything he comes with is sounds good uh, uh, he had baby on dispatch which you know baby came in with baby flow that's what you expected that's why I don't fucking listen to him anymore type shit um, Joker has maybe the best chorus on it his flow goes crazy man that I sound like a broken record, but every song, I liked every song on it. Every song on it isn't as good as Sunflower Seeds, but they're all good. Um, Extendo's good too. Uzi came through on that one. Uh, I like the clap track and the light keyboards in the back. And then uh, I have it written down again. Nudie came through with a crazy flow. I need to come up with some other words to describe that. But yeah, um, Slimeer, a if you want some shit to, some hype shit to listen to, 
or some chill shit to listen to, Sunflower Seeds, uh, go hit that up. Young Nudie. I feel like he's so slept on, man. Let me see what his monthly listeners is. It's going to be in the millions, I feel like, even though I just said he slept on. Um, like songs, Young Nudie. Yeah, it's 2.8 million monthly listeners. I still feel like he slept on, though. I feel like Nudie should be way more mainstream than he is. But um, there's actually a project out that he put out, Mr. or Dr. Evil, that I need to listen to. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, my throat. I already see a Uzi feature and a 21 Savage feature. And G Herbo, but I don't fuck with G Herbo like that. So, we'll see. I might listen to that tomorrow. But I'm not going to lie. I talked to Sadiq at that party that I was talking about. And I asked him about it. And he said it was kind of, you know... Don't get my hopes up, is what he said, basically. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. What are we sitting at? What are we sitting at? Oh. 55 minutes. Man, we are going to hit an hour. (sighs) This week's been pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. It was nice to hit four days of work again. And then he said I could work four days the next week. So I'm not stressing about money at all, which is such a great feeling, man. Like... I don't know if I've said it before, but as long as my bills are paid, I could give a fuck about money. As long as my bills are paid and got nothing going on, I'm chilling. And it's been a good day in my opinion. I my my thought process used to be as long as I can go home at the end of the day and smoke and go to bed, I'd be fine. But then I got that was back when I was staying at my parents' place and working at Domino's. But then I got my own apartment with more responsibilities. So now it's, as long as my bills are paid, I'm good. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Um, what else happened? What else happened? Is there anything else? I don't think so. I said I named my cat Dave. I told y'all why. Yeah. Um, having a cat's cool. I felt like I was wait. I felt like I was way too attached to him at first, but it's kind of subsided into a, um, you know, whenever I want to go mess with him, I can, and we can both chill when we're not, or when I don't want to mess with him. And sometimes I'll walk up to him and he'll just chill and let me pet him, and sometimes he'll run away, and so I got to be really slow. So I'm getting used to that. At first, I was worried because the first day he wasn't eating food or anything. Why am I talking about... Well, I'm already talking about... He wasn't eating food or anything, and I was worried, and he didn't shit or pee or drink water, but he was just being nervous. If you're thinking about getting a cat, I wouldn't say I recommend it. I would definitely say to think about it. Um, It can be work. There's definitely responsibilities involved. You gotta change the litter box, you gotta feed them, all that. It's nice, though. I'm excited to see him grow up. I'm making sure I take pictures so I'll be able to look back in a year when he's big. and be like, oh, he was so small. Because he's only eight or nine weeks old right now. Um, oh, yeah, I said earlier spayed next time. He doesn't get spayed till four, or neutered until four to six months. So that's when that'll happen. <sighs> this week... Oh, I don't want to get your hopes up, but this weekend we might have a guest, finally. We might get Gio on the podcast this Sunday. We'll see. We're supposed to hang out with all the boys. You know how that goes. Um, I would really like to make it to an hour. I've got like one minute left. I've really got to pee, though, but I'm going to squirm for a minute just to, so I can make it to an hour. That, uh, that shit satisfies me. My stocks are going dead. Doge is dropping down to 28 cents. If this was a month earlier, I'd put money into it, but I got to accept facts, face facts, accept reality. It's going to go down. If it shoots back up one more time, I'm going to sell and get out, but that's that. There's no more. Doge was funny while it lasted, but people are getting come are coming to their senses now. And they're putting regulations and stuff on it. I mean, 
current uh, cryptocurrency used to be like the wild west or maybe it still kind of is because i mean people were scamming there was a big one worth like millions of dollars that people had invested and one day they just took it all and shut it down and put on their website you've been scammed and there's nothing you can do about it which is crazy that's a lot of money and i think they got away with it and everything <sighs> yep so i'm losing money now well i'm not losing money I, I let me go back i put 30 bucks in and i've made 500 off of it and i've still got money in so i'm chilling i've made my money but yeah so if you've still got doge wait for the the shoot and i'd probably sell but let me say so i don't get sued this is not financial advice I am not a broker, a broker or a stalker or whatever the fuck. And, um, yeah, I'm about, my bladder's about to explode. So have a great week and I'll see you next Saturday. Bye.